Hello, we're back again. I don't want anybody to clip that clicked on the show because I'm moving around in categories. This is Health and Triumph, the struggle to overcome with Melvin Ward. I'm Big Mel Ward. I like to talk about the trials and tribulations that I go through. Being a cancer survivor, dealing with debilitating conditions because cancer leaves the other conditions. That's they, they don't tell you that. Um, and just remembering that no matter what we have to overcome, we owe it to ourselves to not just simply exist, to live. So in the effort to do that, we talk about each and everything. We talk about health stuff and we talk about just the world stuff because we still have a responsibility to ourselves and the world and the people around us. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the, the Ukraine. It's a big topic right now. The uh, opinion of the world is Russia is getting ready to invade. They amassed over 100,000 troops on the borders with supplies for uh, the wage war and su supplies to help their soldiers survive in the engagement. So let's talk about the reality of the situation. The Ukraine exports 60% of 60% of their material to those over those old former Soviet bloc countries. Yeah, we remember the Soviet Union, right? Well, I do. In my uh, age group, you know, they were like evil, or that was the propaganda machine over here. They were completely evil because their system of government was totally different from ours. They were, the, they were the ultimate enemy when I was younger. You had to be a uh, whole vigil on them all the time. However, when the Soviet Union broke up and some of these countries gained their independence, Ukraine was one of them. So let's talk about the reality of it. For whatever reason, a prolonged war there's always resources that you want to utilize. Now, I understand the idea of helping a country out because ideology or tyrants, but for a prolonged war, the money that's spent, the lives that's lost, finances are involved, resources are involved. If you think that they're not, you're kidding yourself. They are always involved. Sometimes it might just be geographical location for pipelines or whatever. With Iraq, the first Iraqi war, it was the food for a fuel program. Like, okay, you're gonna take over all these countries around you and you're gonna control the market for exporting oil. We can't have that. We just can't have it. And now I agree with that. As a country, if things don't fit your interests, you do have to step in. I'm always quick to say we have a responsibility to each other in the world, but our politicians should have a responsibility to us first. First and foremost, forget about this disagreements on parties, even though I feel like that's totally stupid if you listen to me you'll see, you can't tell me that just because you have a different ideology that there's no middle ground. 
when you have groups sticking together and being censored by those groups, those same groups, if you defect and vote a different way, there's something wrong with that. Now, I understand that some people need to be censored that are politicians. But if you censor one, you got to censor them all. And that person that you're trying to censor did get voted in by that district or that community or that area, that state, whatever, county. They got voted in, so those people were okay with that. So you just got to eat that shit and live with it. I hate to say it, but this is why you have so many politicians that hold seats in Congress and the Senate. You get one that's, that, that's just totally horrible, well... The way that you vote matters. It should you should outnumber them, but that's a whole different topic, a whole different conversation. Um, the fact that it's allowed to go on and the voters don't say anything about it and don't remember it, but they want to maintain their freedoms. You don't lose your freedom in one big swoop. You lose it in stages. So just remember that You lose it in stages And sometimes what might be good for you That isn't right Is not good For you Long term either When it has to go the other way Taking point vaccines The mandates I'm vaccinated I believe in vaccination but I also believe that people shouldn't be forced to do things in the way that they should be forced to do things. Like, you're really taking away people's uh, livelihood, affecting whole families. But back to the main topic, because I drift from time to time. So please, please bear with me. Comment on something if you said that um, you wanted to hear more. Please. I'm out there. I'm available. All right, I thought that was a good place to put a commercial. So I'm available, I'm out there. And now what I wanna say, now what becomes a um, factor in this conversation, back to Ukraine. They export most of their goods to that region, coal, steel, fuel, uh, grains. You know, it's always a big thing getting food. <laughs> I think we all understand that now. You know, the history of the world was built on wars over food. You had more fertile lands. We were going to take your stuff. Just bottom line. And we weren't going to be farmers. Well, you know how to farm your land. So we're going to make you farm it too. That's just the history of the world. People sit down there and say, this is wrong, this is that. And, and I agree that it's wrong. However, that's, that's our history as a species. And we need to know what our history is. You can't correct a problem and look forward to the future if you don't understand the problem. But it's a bad position. Now, the Ukraine applied for entry into NATO. And I'm assuming from how I'm reading it, it's like not a temporary membership, but you're under consideration. Now, I don't think they're ever going to be in NATO. Russia wouldn't have it, and then it would cause NATO too many problems. It really would. So, 
the the Ukraine is va- basically in a situation when they should be on their own. Now I tried to research something else, whereas though when the Soviet Union broke up, part of the deal for the uh, Ukraine to maintain the autonomy was that they had to get rid of their nuclear weapons. And then all this trouble started after they got rid of their nuclear weapons. So now keep that in mind. You should always keep your big guns. Negotiations is fine, but you can't trust nobody. Because once they get the, the upper hand, a lot of times people get steamrolled. Even in relationships, a person get an upper hand, it creates a problem sometimes. It's how they utilize it. So, the U.S. already said they weren't going to put boots on the ground. They've sent bullets over there. Which, I mean, you can send ammo and some other supplies. But if people, some rifles, people don't really know how to shoot. They're not military grade or trained. Does it really matter? They just going to get killed. I know... In the United States, we love, and me in particular too, me also too, our right to bear arms. But come on, handguns, AK-47s against tanks, drone strikes, F-15s, <laughs> landmines, a squadron, uh, surface, surface-to-air missiles. Come on now. This is what they do. You can't hold the position unless you wipe the people out there, kill the people, push them back. Come on, average citizens can't compete with a a well-trained military. They never could. Guns just make it so you have a shot as opposed to swords and shields, but you never could. It's for protection against other amateur non-squadron people. But they sent those supplies. They sent other supplies. They threatening sanctions on Russia, like that pipeline going through Germany that they want, which is a big thing for Russia. Um, but basically, that's all we can do. But my question and my under- my limited understanding, because I'm not a politician, is why the hell do we always have to be in somebody else's business? Okay, Russia is our adversary, but the Soviet Union was worse, or at least that's what we were dictated, I mean, I directed into believing. So, Russia should be more amenable to talking in certain aspects. But some things we need to stay out of as a country. Some things, it's not our responsibility. All these countries that we jump in and we try to help. And like I said, for resources or for whatever reason. A lot of times they, when times are good, they don't like us. Take, for example, South Korea. Before uh, Kim Jong-un started acting crazy and took power, South Korea wanted to get rid of our military bases. Their politicians was running on the platforms of we don't need the U.S. Now all of a sudden they need us. Please don't go. And it's a lot of nations that's like that. They don't want to be bothered with us for what we have to give. And that's fine. But 
Know that you have the upper hand. We don't have to give as much as we've been given to some nations. But this Ukraine situation is like complicated. And to be honest, it was only made complicated because they broke up the Soviet Union. And they broke them up by finances. That's how they controlled the world. Finances. Good way to control people, you don't fire a shot. You starve people, you make people want to live your lifestyle, and it'll, it'll always play out. That goes back to Benjamin Franklin dealing with Native Americans. We don't have to conquer them. We can have treaties with them. Eventually, they will want to function like we function, our lifestyle. And then they'll join us. I think it was Ben, uh, ben Franklin that said that. I know George Washington said a portion of that too. That's why in the beginning, the United States always honored their treaties with Native Americans, with the founding fathers. As time went on, we know that didn't work out the way it should have. But, but when you break up an entity, sometimes you create a bunch of smaller entities and it creates more havoc. Take how in our criminal system, the government made it a point to break up organized crime. They didn't consider that everybody was scared of the mafia. People would disappear. The smaller entities would have to work with them. And the people that were out of control, they kept them in control. And they also had to work in a way where they didn't want to attract too much law enforcement, but they didn't want other people to track with law enforcement. They didn't want to, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Dis disassociate their communities. So they had to make sure people in the communities wasn't doing certain things, or at least being visibly seen doing certain shit. But what happened? You get rid of the people that the criminals are afraid of, because let's call it. A criminal isn't really afraid of the police or going to jail. Like some people don't want to go to jail, but sometimes if search, uh, and some people may be in circumstances that that's all they can do. I understand that doesn't mean they shouldn't go to jail, but more criminals are not scared of the police or law enforcement. So if that, with that being the case, who are they supposed to be scared of? When you break up these entities, you have smaller entities to deal with who have no allegiance or connection to each other. So you cannot control them. You can try to have a treaty with this country and that country, but now when the USSR broke up, how many countries broke from it? I mean, their landmass was, was incalculable. You know, so it's, 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 it's crazy. Sometimes it's, it's worse to break up something. And I just used the uh, organized crime as an example, but in cities across America, organized crime is not organized, so now you have unorganized crime, and it's worse than ever. Just something, some food for thought. Another thing to think about, too, there are some Americans that say, you should go to war over this, and we should do this, and we should do that. And I'm going to bring up a man I despise, Hitler. If Hitler would have been patient, he probably would have conquered the world. 
He fought a prolonged war with Great Britain for eight years. And Great Britain had more territory than, than, than any country at that time. More bases, more territories, more connections. They lost all of it after World War II because they couldn't maintain it. And then he took on the rest of the superpowers. France was a superpower at the time. Uh, Russia was definitely a superpower. And even the smaller nations, he took them all on it at one time. Until eventually we got involved in it. If he would have been patient and systematically dismantled the smaller nations one by one, taking a step up gradually with a 20-year plan, he would have won. And I hate to say that. One of the things that hurt him the most was fighting on so many fronts. In war, you never fight on so many fronts. That's the stupidest thing to do. But that's just my opinion. Someone that's military trained may have a different opinion. But my, my biggest point is you can't fight a world by yourself. You can't get involved in everything by yourself. Even if you think it is right, you have to be smart about that. And that's what we should ask our politicians to do. So, Ukraine, I wish you luck. I'm praying for you. But we also have to understand that this is their nation. And they have to run their nation and do what they think is right. And their interests may not all the way, all the time, coincide with our interests. So, I want to thank everybody for joining me for Health and Triumph, The Struggle to Overcome. I think I'm going to put this in the political section this time. I like to move it around. Follow me if you can. I'm on social media. That dude Mel on IG. Melvin Ward, the same name on Instagram. Please send me a message. On Facebook, I'm sorry. Please send me a message. I would love to talk to you. I would love to hear your opinion. I would love to grow with you. Let's learn from each other. Thank you. Have a great day.